0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. It's Sunday night, kind of a low-key night. My wife's out of town. She's not coming back till tomorrow night. What did I do? How did I get crazy today? <laughs> I didn't. I sat here most of the day, did some clothes washing, maybe cleaned up the place a little bit, went to the store, went to the gas station. Yeah, that's about it. That's crazy when you're 61 years old. Now, had I been 30, I might have figured out some other fun ways to spend my free time. But, uh, Most of my free time is spent with my wife anyway, so when she's not here, I don't know what the hell to do. Anyway, it is Sunday night, so the news is a little thin today. You know, you don't see as much of it as you do during the weekdays. But there are some things to talk about, and the first thing I wanted to talk about had nothing to do with politics, As I was doing some TikToks today, I was running out of things to talk about it because, like I say, it's Sunday. And my son sent me this TikTok, and it's this young kid doing a skit-spoofing true crime podcast. It was funny. I mean, I really thought it was funny. And one of the reasons I thought it was so funny is because my wife is a big fan of True Crime podcasts. So I thought, what the hell? I don't duet many things. I don't stitch many things. So I thought I'd just do this duet, put it out there, laugh, and let other people see it. It was just a lark. It was just something to do. Now, most of the people who saw this were with me on this. It was funny. It was well done, and it was funny. But of course, there's always one person that comes up and says, my goodness, I'm offended. You're making fun of true crime and a serial killer. You'd have to see the video to understand what I'm saying. I'm not going to explain it to you because it doesn't matter. But this person, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, was upset about it. And then they said to me, I thought you were better than that. <laughs> you did. Based on what? Based on my videos about Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell or the Trump lafucks or what? You thought I was better than throwing out this dumb joke for what reason? Now, the thing about it is, is this is what troubles me about this country sometimes. People will see somebody on TV or listen to them on the radio or if they have a lot of money or they're a politician or they have a lot of followers on social media, whichever platform you prefer. And they put those people on a pedestal. And that's a dangerous thing because you don't know those people. You see what they put on social media, but they're just people like you and me and like everybody else. So this guy or gal who saw me post this stupid little duet joke thinks I'm better than that. Well, what you need to understand is whether I'm doing the TikToks or the podcast, when it comes down to it, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy who's interested in politics, somehow figures out a way to explain it in a little easier way than most people get it on TV. But I'm just one guy. There is absolutely nothing special about me. Everybody in this world has talents. My talents happen to be talking, mainly because I spent 40 years in radio. And because I have the freedom to say what I think. But other than that, I'm not really special, and you really don't know me. Now, I try to be authentic when I do TikToks or when I do podcasts, and what you hear here is pretty much who I am. I mean, if you talk to my family or friends, they'd say, yeah, that's pretty much him. But I will tell jokes that are maybe off color. I will tell jokes that are maybe inappropriate, you know, inappropriate situations between my wife and I or friends or something. And I'm not talking about racist stuff or things like that. I don't do that. I'll maybe take some dark humor or whatever. But this wasn't even that. So this person wants to press their morality on me as if they know me and they don't know me. You don't know anybody you watch on the Internet or on TV. I mean, think of all those fucking people that love Matt Lauer until they found out he was a creep. Now, I'm not saying I've got any hidden skeletons that you have to worry about. I don't. My point isn't that that I'm a bad guy. My point is that I'm just a guy just like everybody else. Just because you see somebody on TikTok or they have a podcast, everybody and their brother has a podcast, don't put them on a pedestal. Take the information for what it's worth. If it's valuable to you, if it's entertaining, take it. But don't put anybody on a pedestal. This is where the problems occur. And it's not the people who put them on the pedestal that's the problem. Where I see the problem is when you get these people who have largely popular podcasts like Joe Rogan or these big-time TikTokers with a million or two million followers, way more than I got. When you get these people, somehow they get to thinking that they're special. And that's the way they act. They act like they're movie stars or rock stars or something. And they're not. They're still just guys and gals like you and me. Don't expect more from them. Don't expect any less from them. Just understand who they are. You're not there for them. You're there for the entertainment. You're there for the information. And if it's valuable to you, use it. Now, if somebody does something to offend you, I got an idea. Don't listen to it. Don't watch it. It's a real easy thing to do. I'll give you an example. My wife and I are sitting watching TV, watching some show that my wife likes because <laughs> that's the only shows we watch. Uh, I just go along with it because I know that's the safe way out. Give my wife what she wants and we're all good. And fortunately, we have a similar taste in things, so it generally works out. But every now and again, we'll see a PSA that comes up, and it has a uh, sad song on it, and it has pictures of abused dogs. They're looking to get money to help take care of these dogs. And we've given money to these situations many times because we love dogs. But when that comes up on TV, you know what my wife does? I mean, she, she hates watching that. I mean, she just can't watch it. So you know what she does? She turns the goddamn thing off. (laughs) She doesn't call CBS and say, you shouldn't run, Ned. We thought you were better than that. She just turns it off. And that's really what you need to do in this world. Now, I wasn't trying to call this one person out for having the audacity to confront me on this. Because I'm all for people confronting me and intelligently arguing, or debating with me. I think that's good TikTok. I think that's good radio and TV. But the problem with TikTok is that everybody gets butthurt. So I answered this guy or gal, and they answered back. And they said, well, I don't think Gabby uh, Petito's parents would think that's funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. I said, first of all, my particular demographic isn't Gabby Petito's parents, and I'm sure they're not listening. But now that you mention it, here's the deal. You'll notice that on this podcast or on TikTok or any other platform, I don't talk about Gabby Petito and this Brian Laundry thing. Not that I don't think it's important. I think there's a lot of these stories that are important that a lot of people ignore. They just happen to be people of color or native ancestry. But the real reason I don't talk about it is because if you watch TikTok or listen to podcasts, True Crime Podcast will be filled with Gabby uh, Petito things soon, if they aren't already. The reason I don't talk about it is because everything I see about it is some ridiculous conspiracy theory. Oh my God, Dog the Bounty hunter's going to have him later this afternoon. He knows exactly where he is. Put Dog the Bounty Hunter in a lake and have him walk around like he's seriously looking for something. Or people will come up with these theories or conspiracy theories. Now when I watch that, I realize one thing. This does no good for the investigation. In fact, it probably muddles it up. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm offended that these people are trying to get clout by hopping on the hot news story and giving their opinion on it. Now, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but why don't we wait till it's over? Let them catch Brian Laundry. And then we can discuss what's going to happen with that situation. And maybe we should focus on some of the other stories out there—the thousands of stories of missing kids, missing women, missing men that happen to be people of color or native, uh, native people. Don't tell me that I'm upsetting Gabby Petito's parents because I throw some little joke out there. That's ridiculous. All I'm really trying to say here is that when people come on TikTok and podcast, some people try to put them on pedestals and think of them as different or better than the average person. Don't do that. They are not. And then beyond that, as I said, people who get this fame, if that's what they want to call it, they end up believing their own press clippings. They must be special. They must be stars. But even though they might think that, they aren't. It's dangerous to put that much trust in people. I'll tell you this. I've always told my kids this, and this is something my grandfather told me, and I've learned to be true over the years. Never, ever take advice blindly from anybody. And I've told that to my kids. I said, that includes me. I'm going to give you all kinds of advice. But don't just take my advice or anybody else's advice and just do it. Because you see, whatever I think or feel or somebody else thinks or feel is different than whatever situation you're in. Never just blindly take advice. What you do is you take in information. Listen to everybody. Take in as much information as you can. And then when you do, you use your own brain. You figure out your own circumstances. You take that information and then you make the choice for yourself. That's what you do. And I hope that's what you do with the podcast and the TikToks and Instagram or whatever else. Listen to what I have to say if you have a compulsion to do that. If you're informed by it, great. If you're entertained by it, great. But take that information and use it with the other things you know to make decisions. Don't ever let me make a decision for you. I will give you my opinion, but that's all it is. It's just an opinion. So listen to all the people you want. Don't listen to the people that offend you. Worry about what you need, what you like, and what you believe. Take all that information. Some of it's going to be bullshit. Some of it's going to be valuable. But when it comes down to it, it's on you to make the decisions that are best for you. All right. (laughs) I pounded on that enough. I had a lady, too, ask me. uh, This lady asked me on TikTok. She said, she wondered what my opinion on term limits was, if I thought it would be beneficial or detrimental to this country. And I can categorically say that uh, term limits would absolutely be hugely beneficial to this country. I mean, what happens is you get these people that get in these positions, whether it be in the House of Representatives or in the Senate. They hunker down. They like the perks, and they stay there forever. I'm talking 30, 40, 50 years. Literally, people stay in these positions. Now, when the Constitution was created and these ideas of these jobs were put into place, that wasn't the intention at all. Being a senator or a House of Representatives person, it was doing service for your country. You might be a farmer, a blacksmith, or whatever the hell you are. You had to step away from your business for two, four, six, whatever, serve the country, do your job, and then go back to your career. I mean, we've got people in Congress right now that are lawyers, doctors, psychologists, and they're never going back to their jobs even though that's the way it was intended when we started the Constitution. And I think term limits would be absolutely a boon to our country. But here's the problem. Now, understand, I get this all the time. People will say, well, if we just had term limits, everything would be okay. Yes, that's true. But it's not going to happen. And here's why. Because the only way we are going to get term limits in the Senate, or in the House for that matter, is if they themselves vote it for them. You see what I mean? The only people that can set term limits on the Senate are the people in the freaking Senate. Now, these are the same people that vote themselves raises. When everybody else is struggling, not making money, they vote themselves raises. They love the perks and the money and the clout and all the things they get while they're in the Senate or even the House. Why in the world would they ever vote for term limits? Now, you might say to yourself, well, most of the country wants them to have term limits. Yes, that's true. But here's what we know about our Senate and our House. They don't always vote the way the people want, which is ironic because that's why they're there. They're supposed to vote for and make sure the things that we want happen. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And this isn't just a Republican thing. This is a Democratic thing. They're protecting themselves. And there's the problem. Whether it be term limits or taxing, the rich, not taxing the rich, or doing anything that would limit these people. It's working against, against their better interest. Now, they shouldn't be working on their better interest, but unfortunately, that's exactly what they do all the time. So, the idea of term limits is a good idea. I hear it all the time, and if you ask me again, I want you to recall what I'm telling you now. As much as it would be a good thing, and as much as the people of this country want it, it's never going to happen under the current situation, because they're never going to vote themselves term limits. It's never going going to happen. The only thing we can hope for is that we put some pressure on these people. I mean, real pressure. And it's going to take time. What it's going to take is getting the new breed in, the younger people, and hopefully they have better judgment than these old fossils that are in there now. I mean, Jesus Christ, we've got people that were voted in in the 80s and the 90s, and they're trying to make decisions and come up with ideas for 2021. They're outdated, they're antiquated, they're out of touch, but they're stuck there because they've always been there. The only way we can change this is keep the pressure on, and keep the pressure on as these new people come into office. But unfortunately, people get favorites out there. Now, take a look at AOC, for example. I like AOC. I think she's going to do a lot of things. She's in the House, so she has to be elected every two years. Now, what term limit would you put on her? Well, you could put a term limit on her, and being AOC, she would probably next go to try to get to the Senate. And then who knows, down the road, she might want to be president, and that's fine. But if Republicans are going to get term limits, Democrats need to get term limits. Everybody needs to have term limits. But if we are going to get those, it's on us. And I don't even know exactly how we can do it. But it's about public opinion and pressure from us. It will take time, but maybe we can change what's going on in the Senate and the House by keeping that pressure on and getting these old fossils out of there and getting the new young people in there, and maybe they will see the light, understand that it's not good for the country to not have term limits. I don't really know. I don't know how we fix this situation. I don't know if there's a way we can take away that uh, that privilege by the Senate and the House to vote themselves into the term limits, take it away from them, and give it to somebody else. Maybe we do a nationwide mandate, vote for it, put it on election ballots. Do you want term limits? That may be the way to do it, but you may never get them on there because the Democrats and the Republicans don't want you to do it. This is a hard problem. It's something we should get fixed. But at this point, I don't see any way that we can do that. We'll have to wait and see how things progress. And if these young people do the right thing. All right, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Well, these days, there's a lot of talk about this $3.5 trillion reconciliation build back better bill. This is a bill that's going to provide a lot of good, a lot of money, and a lot of services to the middle class. Now, every time this is brought up, we hear from Joe Manchin and some other Republicans the word entitlement. And that pisses me off every time I hear it. I mean, let's talk about entitlements. Senator Joe Manchin. As a U.S. senator, he gets $174,000 a year, a lot of money. Not crazy money, but a lot of money. But somehow, Joe has been able to accumulate enough money to own a $700,000 luxury yacht. And he has parties out there with Republicans. and Yeah, he's got a great life. But how does somebody making a $174,000 afford a $700,000 yacht? I mean, my wife and I do pretty well. We make a decent amount of money. I got a 20-foot pontoon, and that's enough for me to handle at this point, as far as expenses. Because it's not just buying the boat, it's docking the boat, storing the boat, fueling the boat, maintaining the boat... This is way more expensive than $700,000. So how does he do it? Well, I'll tell you how he does it. Turns out Joe Manchin is the biggest beneficiary of donations from the oil industry. Now, we know how big the oil industry is. And we know that he, they pay him more than any other representative in America. He also gets a ton of money from the coal companies. So he's not real into green energy because he's there to help protect the interest of the oil companies, the coal companies, the dirty energy that we're trying to get away from. So he helps those people out. He has a $700,000 boat on a $174,000 a year salary. I don't know. He does some favors for the oil business, the coal business, and all of a sudden he's got a $700,000 boat. That sounds like an entitlement. Now, if you want to know the definition of entitlement, here's what it is. The belief that one is inherently deserving of a special privilege. A special privilege. Now, I can think of one other entitlement. When you send $2 trillion in tax breaks to the rich, and then they don't pay taxes, so you spend all that money, but you get nothing in return. I don't know. That sounds kind of like an entitlement to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably not. That sounds like an entitlement. But they're all for that entitlement. It's when you start looking at giving money back to the middle class. Whether it be health care, Medicare, child care, doing something for the climate change. All the things that the reconciliation bill is going to do now, all of a sudden, Joe Manchin stands up and says, those are entitlements. Well, unfortunately, I strongly disagree, and I'll explain why. We vote people into office, whether it be the Senate or the House. We send them off to Washington, D.C. We pay their salaries. We're paying Joe Manchin $174,000 a year. And for what purpose? The purpose is to represent us, to serve us, to fix problems, to come up with solutions, to create programs to benefit us. I mean, the middle class pays most of the taxes, So if we're going to pay out most of the taxes, shouldn't we get most of the benefit? But no, Joe and the Republicans think that they're entitlements. Somehow, when you give us money, that's an entitlement. But when you look at what I just said of how they got into office, it seems to me that getting us services and protection and money and whatever, that's their fucking job. That is their job. That's why we sent them there. So to call them entitlements are ridiculous. Social Security is an entitlement. Hell, it is. I've been paying Social Security all of my life. I started working when I was 14. You know what I call it is, if you call Social Security an entitlement and not give it to me, I call that robbery by the US government. You took my money under false pretenses and now you want to take it back. That's a problem. Paying me Social Security after putting money into it all of my life, that's the way it should go. That's not an entitlement. To go to Washington, D.C. to serve us and then to tell us that when it comes to helping us, that's an entitlement. Well, that's a fucking insult. And if that's what you really believe, you shouldn't be in your position. We need to get somebody who understands their job description. Because clearly Joe Manchin and all these other Republicans that think they're entitlements don't know their job. It frustrates me when I hear these people. Now, here's the deal. They've been pushing this narrative for years, meaning the Republicans. Trickle-down theory works. If we give money back to the people, it's entitlement. They keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Eventually, people start to believe it. Certainly the Republicans believe it. They've heard it year after year for decades, and they think, yeah, Social Security is an entitlement. Whether it's right or wrong, they don't care. This is what they've heard told to them day after day, and now they buy into the bullshit. At some point, you got to sit down and really look at it. Be pragmatic about it. Look at what's really going on and then make a decision that's really true as opposed to some... Bullshit propaganda that's been shoved in your ears for decades. Unfortunately, the Republicans don't get it. I mean, at this point, the Republicans don't want to do anything for anybody. All they want to do is obstruct because the Democrats might get some benefit out of it. And as I've said many times before, that is a problem because that means we don't get served. And that is the whole reason why Mitch McConnell... Joe Manchin, Christian Cinema, any of those people in the Senate, they are there to serve us. And since we pay most the taxes, we should be focused on. The rich people aren't paying taxes, so why are we helping them out? Why do they need help? What well, we need help is with child care. Have you ever had a kid in daycare? I did when I didn't have much money. That was hard. I was paying more for two kids in daycare than I was paying for my house payment. That's a problem. That makes it difficult to survive. Or medical. If you want health care right now, I'll be honest with you, right now, my wife and I, we're older. We're paying $1,200 a month. Now, since I've been paying $1,200 a month for about a year... I've been to the doctor maybe twice, between my wife and I, both of us, just once. We're relatively healthy. We don't go in for whatever thing that if I stub a toe, I don't go in because I don't need to. So am I getting full benefit for my $1,200 a month? No, hell no. And if you've got a family who has to pay for their health care, and you tell them, okay, you got a wife who can get pregnant, you got a husband, you got two kids, it's going to be eight, nine hundred bucks a month. That's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of food you can't buy, that's a lot of housing you can't cover. And there's no reason in the world that it should be that high. So you get this infrastructure bill, this Build Back Better bill, and it wants to make health care at about 8.5% of anybody's salary. Now that makes more sense. It isn't saying, I'll give it to you free. It's saying, you're going to pay for it, but you're going to be able to afford it, and it will be worthwhile to you because you're not paying exorbitant amounts of money. That's what's in the infrastructure bill. One of the many things in the infrastructure bill. And also uh, spending like 7.5% of your income for childcare. All this does is it makes young families be able to do more things, to spend more money, which is good for the economy. But the Republicans don't want that because they're entitlements. I think we need to give the Republicans a lesson on what, in fact, entitlements are, what the definition is. The belief that one is inherently deserving of special treatment is giving people affordable health care, affordable child care, expanded Medicare. Is that an extra special privilege that we are asking for? Or is that exactly what the government should be doing for us? Is that exactly the reason why we voted them in and pay them $174,000 a year, give them two months free vacation, give them health care for life? Are we asking for so much? Does that seem like we're looking for or to be privileged enough to get exactly what we're paying for? It's absolutely ridiculous. I get offended every time I hear Joe Manchin or anybody else say it. They are either out of touch or they're specifically trying to take everything out of the middle class and give it to the rich. Because no one was bitching when they gave a $2 trillion tax cut to the rich. Nobody said a thing. Not in the Republican Party anyway. But when it comes back to us, they got a problem with that. They don't like it. Now, when I've done some of my videos on TikTok, and I've talked about it here a little bit, I say it's important that we all do something in order to change this country, to change the narrative or the ideology. Because like I said, the Republicans have been ramming down our throats about trickle-down economics. Now, it hasn't worked for 40 years, but they keep telling it it's happening. We need to change that whole dynamic. We need people to understand that trickle-down economics doesn't work. That white supremacy is bad. That women do have rights over their own friggin' body. And that the big lie is a fucking lie. We've got to get the people in this country to understand these things. And it seems so simple, it seems so obvious... But too many people don't understand it. Now, when I've said that everybody has to do something, I'll get people responding and saying, well, I'm 77 years old. I What can I do? Or they'll say, I live in a Republican town. Not much I can do. Well, you have to understand, I'm not asking you to put on a backpack and hiking boots and hike 50 miles down to a building in protest and Fight back and yell and scream. That's not what I mean. There will be people that can do that, that are willing to do that. But what I'm saying is we've got to change the narrative. We've got to speak out, speak up, stand up, push back, and keep it going. This isn't something we can change in an hour, a day, a week, a year, maybe even a decade. But we've got to change it. For so long, the Republicans have been ranting and screaming about these other things, and they've become the norm in this country. You'll get Democrats to even say, yeah, that's too much money. That's too much money, $3.5 trillion. Yes, it looks like a lot of money. But when you look at our GDP for this country over 10 years, which is what this— um which is what this 3.5 trillion is spread out over. We're looking at a GDP of 300 trillion dollars. So we're looking at what one and a half, two percent maybe of our whole GDP. We're talking about one and a half to two percent of our GDP that's going to do huge things for this country and for the people in this country. Trust me, when those infrastructure bills pass, the stock market will go crazy. People will be happy. Jobs will come back. People will be making more money. A lot of things will happen when this happens, when this occurs, when this gets voted through. And I honestly believe it will get voted through. And it's about goddamn time. has nothing to do with whether this country can afford it. My wife will say this to me. She'll say, well, I'm really worried about spending all this money and putting it on the back of our kids. Where are we going to get this money? And I get frustrated with her, and she always looks at me. Don't tell me. I've heard it all before. I say, well, if you've heard it all before, why are you still saying it? Three and a half trillion dollars is too much money. We can't afford it. Well, when George W. Bush was in office, he gave the rich a trillion dollar tax break. When Donald Trump was in office, he gave them a two trillion dollar tax break. That's three trillion dollars that the Republicans gave to the rich, something we got nothing back for. Was everybody screaming, how are our kids going to pay for that? How can we afford that? It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money unless you compare it to what this country generates. And what good it will do. So now, you have no problems affording $3 trillion in tax breaks from George W. Bush to Donald Trump. But now when you want to give $3.5 trillion back to the people, oh God, that's going to get pretty expensive. And like I say, my wife will say that. Now, she's not a Trump fan. She's not a Republican. Maybe a little more conservative than I. But... She says that because that's all she's ever heard. She's heard it for years and years. So in her mind, she believes that's true. That's Republicans. That's a lot of Democrats. They kept pushing this forever and ever and ever until people started to believe it. So when I say you must do something, we have to change that whole narrative. We have to change it to the truth. So that means we need to talk about it. Our politicians need to push it. People need to push the issues so people understand what truly is the situation. Now, the way I do it is doing what I'm doing here on the podcast or on TikTok. But not everybody wants to do that or is capable of doing that. So maybe you follow people who are doing that. You know, many of you listening to the podcast. I get this all the time. You say things that. I'm thinking or that I want to say but can't say. And I get that. You can't say anything you want to say because you work for somebody or the family's going to kick about it or the town you live in is going to give you a problem. Even though you believe it, you're really not in a position to do it. I understand that. And if I can speak for people that can't talk, that's good. But get on the train. Push that narrative, because the only way this country is going to change until we change what everybody has been led to believe. Don't believe the bullshit, because that's all the Republicans have been spewing for decades. we got to give to the rich. we got to take away from the middle class. That's the only way this country is going to get better. Well, we've had 40 years of trying that. It doesn't work. So why not just switch it up a little bit? Give it back to the people and see what happens. Just give it a shot one time, one little 10-year period. And if it doesn't work, well, don't do it again. Give the money back to the rich. But they don't want to do that. And the reason is because they know it will work. They know it will do good in this country. And now they will be looked down upon because the Democrats did something good for this country and it benefited the stock market and our economy and the people themselves. And they aren't going to know what to do with that. They can't fight against it because they had no part in bringing this to fruition. So if you wonder what you have to do, just keep the mindset. Support the Narrative that's now being put out, whether it be somebody like me or some other people or whatever, just keep pushing it. We've got to change what's going on in this country because people believe the wrong things. They are believing lies because that's all they've ever heard. We've got to change that. Do whatever you can to make that change. Now, not everybody can do do something. I understand that. I don't expect you to risk your jobs or risk your life or risk your standing, but do something. If you want to listen to podcasts, mine or anybody else's, if you want to comment on those podcasts, you want to participate by asking questions, it's all about pushing the narrative, changing what's out there into what it should be. So don't feel like I'm putting this on you and that you have to do something elaborate or fantastic. You don't. You just have to be on the right side. Say the right things. Believe what the truth is instead of believing the lies. That's all you really have to do. All right. We're running out of time. It's a Sunday night. I'm going to bed, and uh, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. If you have questions, comments, complaints, by all means, just uh, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to uh, anchor.fm. Look for Rational Boomer, and you can leave a voicemail message there if you'd like. So I hope to hear from you. I do want you part of the program. All right. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.